got from uh, longtime listeners of the show who remember when Dominic was our uh, producer. Dominic died this week, and she's uh, remembering things I had completely forgotten. God, it was that's a great. wild ride, man. Oh, it was. <laughs> All right, so uh, tech gurus, eggheads, I, I, I got to ask you this. So I got a new internet service provider, and now a lot of stuff is funky. I wouldn't expect uh, that, would you? Uh, no. I know. Well, once again, the ongoing theme of the show this morning, I know just enough to be dangerous, but there's there are websites I go to virtually every day on my phone that now say error 404 not found. Weird. And I, I don't know. Is there something you can do? To, I've already rebooted. Thanks. <laughs> Have you tried rebooting? Uh, and I don't I just I don't want to get mad. Are you downloading a lot kind of, of a busy guy? And are you downloading a lot of Russian porn? Because that'll mess up your phone. No, mostly I'm uploading state secrets to the Russians. Gotcha. But um, if is there a quick? Do I have to just? I I deleted my browser history. I, I did, g- g- removed all cookies. I'm too fat. Um, I just, I just I and you know, I, it is so so going to prove the Getty axiom that every minute saved by technology is matched by a minute spent trying to harness technology. At it's least. a precise. I, my belief is it is a precisely equal relationship. If you're good at it, if you're me, it's uh, you're in the negative. Well, yeah, okay. Yeah, there probably is some sort of thing across humanity. Yeah. So uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to Andrew Egger of the Weekly Standard, who joins us now to talk just a, a little bit about the recent developments with Paul Manafort and whether he lied and is he a, uh, an agent or a double agent or a triple agent and who's telling the truth and the rest that of that. Is that is hair. I am thoroughly confused, Andrew Egger. How are you, sir? Hey, guys, I'm, I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me on. Well, their hair is actually on fire over on some of the liberal networks that are uh, intent on finding collusion, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, what's your take on the, the recent Manafort events? Oh, goodness. Um, so the, the problem with, with talking about any of these uh, sort of auxiliary Trump world figures, whether it's Paul Manafort or uh, Roger Stone and Jerome Corsi, who have been in the news a little bit over the past couple of days, is that these are sort of deeply unscrupulous people who lie all the time, and it's sort of hard to parse uh, who's lying about whom and who is sort of trying to cover their own butts uh, by selling the other ones out and things like that. The, the, hard, the, the, the single piece of hard sort of evidence that we have right now that, that's new this week is that uh, Special Counsel Robert Mueller, who uh, about a month ago secured a plea deal from Paul Manafort, who pled guilty to witness tampering uh, and agreed to cooperate with Mueller's investigation in order to uh, receive a much more lenient sentence for all the other felonies that Mueller had him under indictment for that he was unlikely to escape. Uh, Mueller now has come around and said that Manafort has not been a cooperative witness, that he's actually continued to lie to the special counsel about a number of uh, matters, some of which were, were disclosed and some of which were not, uh, and has basically now said, you know, Paul Manafort uh, has forfeited his right to his plea, plea deal by continuing to lie to investigators uh, and, and and now sort of is likely, if, if, if this uh, if this filing is upheld by the court, is likely to sort of bear the full brunt of uh, the the punishment for all of the other crimes that he uh, sort of got out of serving time for because of the plea deal. So that's 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 what's happening on Manafort's end of things. Well, just just to interject before we move on from that, um, so we don't know everything Manafort's being accused of lying about to the government, right? It could just be his own tax stuff and have nothing to do with Trump Russia collusion, right? Yeah, that's certainly correct. We, we we do not have a full picture because uh you know the the 
we, we don't even really know sort of a full picture of what all Mueller is investigating, right? And so what, yeah. what the, 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 the terms of Manafort's plea deal were that he would be a cooperative witness uh, essentially for anything that he might have knowledge of that Mueller might want knowledge of. And obviously because Mueller has not disclosed uh, what all he's looking into, this filing also didn't ex- disclose all the things that the Manafort has lied about. Of course. The, one one question that a lot of people are asking is, you know, what could he have been lying about? And that is interesting. Uh, to my mind, the more interesting question is why on earth would Paul Manafort Continue to right. lie to Robert Mueller. Right. He's trying not to die in prison, which is you know a reasonable goal for goal. most humans. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Paul Paul Manafort is not a young man. He's been accused of you know a wide array, a cornucopia of felonious behaviors, right? Uh, mostly regarding a tax evasion, conspiracy against the United States, failure to register as a foreign agent, all these things, right? Um, and, and so there's there's only a few sort of even remotely plausible things that people have floated and sort of they, they, they sort of decrease in probability as you go, go well, along. He's a pathological a, liar. He's incapable of telling the truth might be one of them. He just His yeah, brain no, I mean, doesn't I, work I, that way. And that that is among the more plausible explanations that, that that I've been able to to think of or that I've seen. It's just that he's you know he spent so much time trying to hustle everybody around him that he's sort of been unable to turn off that particular valve. I mean, he sort of built a career on it. This isn't, this isn't even the first time. I mean, if you remember, like a, a year ago or so, he actually got in trouble with the court because, uh, despite the fact that the court had ordered a a gag order on on sort of external discussion of the court, he was caught ghostwriting uh, an op-ed supporting his own legal case with wow. a. Russian official. I mean, it's so, really anyway, listen. There, there are so many tentacles to this that we could chase down. Incredible. I want to. I want to reduce it to what is the main screaming point on some media outlets, which is that Manafort is now lying to protect Donald Trump or the campaign somehow, mm-hmm. and counting on a pardon thereby. Your thoughts on that theory? Yeah, I, I don't think it's utterly implausible, right? I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's necessarily as likely as the other. And and sure, you know, Donald Trump has, you know, the, the, the one other sort of data point to enter in is that pretty much any time Manafort comes into the news, Donald Trump has again dangled a pardon in front of him, uh, you know, not not in so many words, but basically just by continuing to to insist that Manafort is a good man who's been unjustly accused. I mean, how the president could possibly believe that that's true is just <laughs> belief. Uh, because, because the, I mean, all of the, it's just it's just so night and day. All you have to do is pick up the indictment and read it. Uh, you know, Paul Manafort didn't plead guilty to these crimes for no reason. Um, but well, most uh, of it, but, had, yeah, so it little, uh, had nothing to do with Trump, it's worth pointing out. Yes. But. Right. Yes, that's 100% true. And, and well, again, to call like, him a good, think, honest man who's being railroaded. That's hilarious. Oh, yeah. I grant you that. Yeah. 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 So, so, so it's not it's not Im- an impossible scenario, right? It, what it basically comes down to is, you know, if if, if it's true, you know, it, it, hypothetically that Trump did collude with with Russia in some sort of way, then of course, you know, Manafort would likely know something about that, and then you know that that option becomes possible. But but you know, you have to grant a lot of things for that hypothetical to become true, and those are things that you know we just we just don't know anything about yet. So it's you know, it's again, it's possible down the road that Mueller's going to come forward with this case against Trump, uh, and and then, you know, we'll be able to look back on this and sort of slot it in and be like, aha, that's exactly what did happen. But in terms of, you know, the things 
that are just most likely, just in terms of the, the best way we can assemble the facts of the matter right now. Uh, I do think that you know it, it's just as likely, if not more likely, the scenario that you floated before, which is just that Manafort is is kind of a crook who really can't can't manage to sort of allow himself to be sort of shanghaied by Mueller and has continued to try to well, outbox he's, the guy to his he, own detriment. He got really rich to the point that he had ostrich suits by lying to people his whole life, and it has always worked, and he probably well, thought, right. I can still Go do with it. what works. Andrew Egger is on the line, reporter for the Weekly Standard. You actually, in your last uh, screed, led us uh, beautifully to my next point, and we have limited time, but uh, just uh, the, you talked about if they can prove there was collusion, uh, and the point I was going to make was that and 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 it's difficult to take this story in through any media source because everybody has their point of view or their biases or their agenda or their desperate desperate need for ratings in the case of cable news there are aspects of the accusations and the people involved that are merely impolite or unethical there are things that are nasty hardball politics some of the accusations there are Highly questionable uh, maneuvers, maybe getting a little too close to Russian agents, that would be politically damaging. Then there are crimes. And then there are serious crimes. And everybody tends to group all of those gradations of nastiness together. And that's one of the difficulties of taking in this story. Right, right. And, and, and another thing is just there's there's such a, a howl, such a whirlwind of different, like, bit players and weird guys who flit in and out of this story. You know, Manafort's one, Roger Stone's another big one. Julian Assange of WikiLeaks is obviously all right. caught, up in, caught up in this somehow. You know, it, it's all such a maelstrom of just data points and things like that that it's pretty easy to take really any narrative that you want and sort of string along, uh, you know, all of the data points that, that fit that and, and come up with something that sounds really ominous. That's what we see Trump doing all the time. Uh, that's what we see some of these cable news squawkers doing, saying, you know, saying like right. this, this is a proven case of collusion, or this is a proven case of you know the FBI colluding against me, Donald Trump, or you know any of these things, which is again why you know sort of just trying to sort of figure out which of these things are factual and which of these things are counterfactual. Oh. Uh, it, it's really hard to do any to, to counsel people to do really anything other than just say let's sort of wait and see. Right. You know, maybe maybe Mueller comes out and and at the end of this is able to sort of shed some more light on some of these things. Obviously, if, if you're a Trump guy and you think Mueller's a totally compromised, uh, you know, Democrat hack, then then that's not a very reassuring notion. Well, that's going to be a hell of a news day when this finally, uh, when we finally get cool. to find all this. News month. My last question is, is there a second bite of the apple with Manafort? I mean, so they called it off, and if Manafort says, okay, okay, geez, I didn't know, oh, oh my God, I don't want to die in prison, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you the truth now. Can Can they once again say, all right. This is your last chance. You tell us the <laughs> truth, you might get out of prison. Can you do that again, or is it over? I, uh, To the best of my knowledge, and this is certainly not my area of expertise, but it really seems that Manafort has burned that bridge and that Mueller is coming after him now. If, you've ever dealt with a, if you've ever dealt with a kid or a friend or anybody who does that, you don't you don't trust them ever again. Right. I mean, right, come on. Right. And, and, and perhaps you know, behind the scenes, you know, there was already something like that worked out. But I think that the fact that Mueller took this public, that he filed in court and said, Judge, you should take away this plea bargain from this guy and hit him with everything you've got, I think at this stage, it's really, really unlikely that we'd see any kind of de-escalation. I wonder, Mueller, for I wonder if Mueller at some point was just slapping his head and thinking, oh, my God, he lied to us about this. What is he trying to do? <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> Andrew Egger of the Weekly Standard. Andrew, it's always fun when we get a chance to chat with you. Thanks a bunch. Yeah, I love coming on. Thanks very much. All right, thank you. Maybe, maybe Manafort is like um, Scott Peterson. 
back when we were following that trial. He, just, yeah. he lies out of some sort of weird compulsion enjoyment of lying. Right. He enjoys being the master of every situation yeah. and is even an egomaniac in that way. Even when it doesn't serve him. Right. Some people lie when it, when it not only doesn't benefit them, it hurts their, their situation. Well, plus... I can easily get uh, inside the imaginary skin of Paul Manafort, not the ostrich skin, his skin, um, <laughs> and, and picture here he is being strong-armed by some mid-level career prosecutor. And this is a guy who flew the world in private jets, raked in many, many millions of dollars, unimaginable wealth for most of us, consorted with the heads of state. They would call him at night asking him, what should I do? And there he is with his arm behind his back having it twisted by some mid-level civil servant and him thinking, no, that's not how this works, Junior, at all. And so he seeks to continue to control the situation by misleading them. I don't know that that's the case, but I can imagine it. And and again, uh, you combine that with all the different levels of you know high crimes and misdemeanors down to just being impolite, and then you get all these weird characters, most of whom are known as... as Hucksters of various sorts, and nobody knows what's going on. Nobody think, has any idea. I still think the most likely of uh, conclusion, as uh, Alan Dershowitz of Harvard Law said over the weekend, you're going to have it's going to be bad news for him politically. Then how it plays out, I think how it play out is the people who hated Trump before will hate him still. People nice. support him will support him still. It'll it's going to be a boatloader in the parlance of today's youth, a buttload of eye of the beholder stuff. It's just going to be eye of the beholder. Personally, if I'm shipping goods around the world, I'd go with a boat, not a butt. I don't understand the expression at all. Oh, oh my God, we have got to get to Giant Cow. Okay. We haven't gotten to the Giant well, Cow video. Change of pace. And Joel to tell us whether or not it's real or fake. People are claiming it's real. I don't see how it could possibly be real. Uh, among other things, we got to get to. Um, have you done? My that? key question is, and will continue to be, how giant is the cow? It's pretty insanely giant. All right. Um, have you done active shooter training at your company? And it was it with somebody who's for real, or was it hacked? Because that's happening. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the, of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Okay, got to, we got to, some point here. We just gotta. Have you look at the giant cow video and determine oh. whether or not you think it is real. You want so, me to do it right now? Or well, what? I don't know. I didn't want to lead with a giant cow story. <laughs> Why not? Well, how, again, <laughs> it depends how big the cow is. It's this pretty damn big. Oh, clearly. It's being referred to as giant. So stay tuned. This is interesting. Uh, alert listener, let me see. Credit where it's due. Matt in SAC. Passed along a mysterious tweet that has the internet all abuzz. The U.S. attorney in South Carolina has simply tweeted, Military investigation services, along with state and federal law enforcement agencies, will hold a press conference at the Department of Corrections in Columbia on Wednesday the 28th. And, uh, let's see. Uh, strange announcement. Uh, 
U.S. Attorney Sherry Lydon, Department of Corrections, Naval Criminal Investigative Services, U.S. Army Criminal Investigative Services, Air Force Department of Special Investigations, Department of Defense Criminal Investigations, Internal Revenue Service Criminal Investigations, United States Marshal Service and the South Carolina Department of Corrections, and the South Carolina Law Enforcement Division and the U.S. Attorney's Office will all be present for this press conference for military tribunals. Huh. Well, I, I don't even know where to begin. Uh, so we will follow that story. Thank you for the heads up. I've got two parenting stories that I want to bring you. One that I'm going to say is perhaps made up in case I've done something that will get me in trouble. And then that, that purely disclaimer fiction. was purely fiction as well. It's important Absolutely. to note that. This is all fiction. <laughs> it's correct. The whole thing is fiction. Even but, that statement right there. But before I get to that... um. Any other parents noticed that there's a lot more crappy kids shows on Netflix? Now, I um, uh, this uh, my wife and I became aware of this over the weekend. Uh, combination of uh, things, being out of school, can't go outside because of the smoke, rainy weather, whatever. Way too much time with the kids watching the TV and the Netflix. These are not uh, good parenting moments for me on how much time they spend watching Netflix. But anyway. Number of times, both my wife and I, and yeah, I know we're supposed to be, be close, more closely monitoring what they're watching to be a good parent. But yeah, I'm, no, I'm not no. sitting sitting down and previewing every movie they watch like I'm supposed to. Or, or are you? Because this is fictional. Spending enough time on IMDb <laughs> or whatever. But there's just a, like a genre of kind of movie on Netflix that I'd seen enough of them, and they've been watching them for a while, and they're always fine. And every time I watch some of them with them, they're okay. Yeah, they're all roughly the same sort of thing. Um, kind of funny. Something a little scary happens. Whatever cartoon lion disorder but lately there's been some ones that are really crappy cartoon lion etc etc <laughs> exceptionally crappy either just i don't want you wasting your life watching something this inartistic right. or it's a christmas movie with a rating of g and they get into too much stuff there was one the other day where all of a sudden the da- the kid is talking to his dad about the only reason with your mom is because she's so young and you want to... And I thought, what is this G-rated oh. Christmas movie? Oh. Um, and, and just crap. And they, actors I haven't seen before, and they're just crap. So I bring this up to Sean yesterday and find this out. And Sean, you can weigh in. Sean knows because he's so heavily into the investing world now, what's mm. going on. I am I'm part of the investment class. Uh, the Disney has slowly been pulling back the rights that they have given other streaming services to to use their material because they are launching their own streaming service uh, sometime in 2019. Sure, so, Disflix. So, yeah. I, so I looked into this just a little bit um, uh, yesterday, and Netflix got launched as whatever it was. One of the most successful stocks the entire world has but for years. But what n- people didn't really anticipate is that the kids' portion of it would be so huge. Parents who can plant their kid in front of the TV with Netflix and let them watch shows has become mm-hmm. huge. All the other people that actually own those shows have figured out there's a lot of money in this, and they're yanking away their good stuff. Uh-oh. Disney and others, and so now Netflix, Netflix is screaming, give us crap, give us crap, quickly. give us crap quickly, and there's so much just 
playing crap it's out crap. there it's for your crap. kids to watch. It's Be crap. careful what your kids are watching on Netflix. Oof. That is my warning. We didn't quite have time for my loving tribute. Actually, my son's loving tribute to uh, the creator of SpongeBob SquarePants. Maybe we'll get to that in a moment. i got to mention the marshmallow challenge I did for my kids. What and about the big cow? And the giant cow we've got to do before the news coming up in just a minute. How big is it? Lead story is about, give me one word, Marshall. Tijuana Mayor blasts the caravan. Okay, that's coming up. So many up words. On the Armstrong and Getty Show. I know. Idiot. <laughs> Okay, we got to do this. I'm sorry I put it off so long. This is in Australia. Is this a real cow, Joe? Is this a real cow? Oh, put on my glasses. Oh. oh, my God. There's no way that's a real However cow. However big you think the cow is, double it, and then now you're close. Yeah, I realize yeah. this is radio, and you're not looking at the screen, but, yeah, double what you're picturing. It is well, it's like a dinosaur cow has walked into a herd of other cows. I've made it clear that my goal is to raise those tiny Irish cattle. And I, uh, I'm i a little suspicious that oh, he's surrounded by little cattle. That could be one way to pull it it's off. Hard to, why isn't there a dude? Give me a, a grown man wandering into the shot. Of if, course, then it'd probably be a dwarf. But if those are miniature cattle, that would help. It's a Chianina ox, Jack. They're claiming Name it weighs 3,000 pounds, which is just insane. I can't believe it's real, but that's... I'll tell you what, if that's fake... The headline is how good you can make a fake video now, right. because that's a really realistic looking right. giant video. Video is available at armstrongandgetty.com. Go amaze your friends with the giant cow video. Mm-hmm. All right, so listen. <laughs> amaze your friends. He's reportedly six feet three, so he's my height. That's how tall they say the at cow the is. At the shoulder? And no. that's, sure. Or standing on his hind legs, no, which I... is a terrifying prospect. <laughs> uh, a loving tribute to uh, Steve Hillenberg, the creator of SpongeBob SquarePants. I'm serious. Coming up in a few minutes. Marshall, awesome. although Marshall has our headlines, Marshall. On the border, the mayor of Tijuana, Mexico, is calling out some members of the Central American migrant caravan in his city. Some of them, not all of them, came in and do this walking disorderly, trying to cross the border without their permission. I mean, it's that's criminal way of doing things. Just another white supremacist, alt-right Mexican mayor. Afraid of the other because they don't look like them. That's right. And they that mayor wants to continue the white supremacy. He's just afraid of losing his status. That's right. As These a white the, man, as the mayor of Tijuana. These are the only motivations people have for wanting coherent immigration policy. We've been taught that over and over again. I've learned the lesson. Mayor Juan... Check his Hispanic privilege. Right. What he needs to do. <laughs> mayor Juan Gastelum said these actions by the caravans were not right. Some of the members causing a brief closure. The San Ysidro point of entry Sunday as they rushed up to the U.S.-Mexico border. He says that's not fair to the people of Tijuana. It is hurting their. It is hurting his city economically. So if a whole bunch of people from another land show up in your community, soaking up your services and making your life worse, you're allowed to complain? Is that the new rule? Because previous to this Tijuana mayor, if you complained, you were called a racist. And, the and, mayor, maybe, and maybe, and if you said anything about it on yeah. a social posting, you would lose your job. The rise of the right wing. That's what we're talking about here. The alt-right, the ultra-right. This reminds me of the Nazis in Germany. Blah, blah, blah. Additionally, the mayor is sounding the alarm saying that his city only has enough resources now to support the caravan for two more days. Somebody needs to explain to him that that influx of poor people will actually boost his economy. That fool, that racist... 
And the mayor is also vowing he's not going to use any tax revenues. He's not going to take away from uh, services for the citizens of Tijuana to keep the caravan going. It's a good thing he's, his decisions aren't under the purview of American courts. Can he be the mayor of my town and say those <laughs> things? That'd be awesome. Some Californians are hiring private fire crews to save their homes, and regular firefighters are not happy about it. The L.A. Times is reporting, for example, during the Woolsey Fire in Southern California, some homes in upscale neighborhoods in Ventura County were protected by both county firefighters and private crews. Private crews covered by some homeowners' insurance policy. Now, why are people mad about this? I don't get it. It turns out the regular firefighters, not not the uh, homeowners. Yeah, it turns out the uh, private firefighting business is booming these days with company crews protecting homes only under contract with the insurance companies. But the Times is reporting the private forces have generated a lot of complaints from the regular fire departments who say they don't always coordinate with the local crews and amount to another worry for them when they try to evacuate people and fight the fire. There could be some of that. Sure. There also could Willing be... To, uh, listen with a generous heart. There also could be some of the whole firefighters been uh, figuring out a way to make a good living for a long time, worried about the uberization of the fire world. Where along comes something that is efficient and not as expensive. And I tell and you, you what, don't need as many other firefighters. And again, I'm not going to leap to any conclusions here, but th- those things you mentioned, you know, cause concerns right. and they don't sure. always coordinate well and the rest of it. If it's your concerns or my house, I'm picking my house. Right. Now, if that lack of coordination messes you guys up and four houses burn down, or somebody got these guys protecting mine, or somebody's getting hurt or killed, I'm absolutely willing to listen to that argument. But as I stand, as it stands now, if me and the people in my neighborhood could like fire a, or hire a, 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 a fire crew? department yep. crew yep. that'll show up if anything catches on fire, I love that idea. What's my share? I'm ready to kick it in. And for the insurance companies, the benefits are obvious because it turns out it is less expensive to have private firefighters save a property than replace the entire house and everything in it. That makes sense. All right, now we've got Rice University in Texas investigating the bioengineering professor Michael Deem after it was reported he was involved with the work of Dr. J.K. Hay. This sounds like a music DJ. J.K. Hay with 10 great hits in a row. Here's Katy Perry. <laughs> hey, of course, a Chinese researcher who, who claimed... genetically edited to have even bigger breasts. <laughs> a Chinese researcher who earlier or claimed earlier this week uh, that he had created the world's first gene-edited babies. Deem, who was Hayes' advisor at Rice for a number of years and published a number of papers with him, told AP he was in China when families whose embryos were involved gave their consent and said he absolutely believed they understood the risks. Yeah, am, am I wrong families. here, though? Am I, is it We're spending too much time acting like this is the only guy that is or is going to do this. Right. right. Like, if we shut him down, finally, the world has been saved. There's probably a thousand scientists around the world doing it right now or have already done it, or it's certainly going to be done in the near future. And are we going to persecute this geek from Rice just because he had dinner at Dr. Frankenstein's castle or what? I don't understand (laughs) what his offense was. Rice is investigating. Okay. Rice is investigating the connections and his involvement with the gene editing. Super. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. So you're raising your children to write thoughtful tributes when uh, people pass. I'm raising my children more in the 
uh, eating contest world, which maybe I'll have time to fit in coming up also. Well, there's a bit of difference in ages as well, but <laughs> that's true. Uh, yeah, a love and tribute to uh, Steve Hillenberg, the creator of SpongeBob SquarePants. Sponge Robert Square Trousers, as we call them at, at my house. Uh, and, uh, and more. In his defense, his body is square, right? So if he wore... That's an excellent point. If he wore oval-shaped yeah, pants, they wouldn't fit for him. It would be a bizarre decision. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Sponge Robert Square Trousers right there. That was frantic and high-pitched. It was. It would be very easy to watch that show uh, a little bit and figure out and figure it was a stupid show. I got to admit, I I haven't logged a minute with SpongeBob yet. Maybe I got to introduce my kids to it. God, I watched hours and hours of it with my kids because I fell in love with it, particularly, as my son mentions in his loving tribute, the first couple of seasons. seasons. It's among the best cartoons slash TV shows. Uh, I I loved it, and Plankton is one of my favorite characters on any TV show. To honor the memory of Stephen Hillenberg, who was the creator of SpongeBob SquarePants, he passed away far too young from uh, ALS uh, just a couple of days ago. He actually started as a science teacher, a biology teacher at the Ocean Institute in Dana Point, California. He's fascinated by the ocean. Anyway, uh, Declan, my son, who is, uh, what is he, he just turned 24, um, writes, To honor the memory of Stephen Hillenburg, I highly recommend you pull up the SpongeBob episode Band Geeks on Amazon. I've seen it a million times, and it never fails to make me laugh. And as I've gotten older, I've really come to appreciate it for its craft. It is perfectly constructed. There are no wasted frames, no throwaway jokes. It is as tight as a drum. (laughs) Band humor. All killer, no filler. It's my favorite, personal favorite episode and is widely regarded as the best. SpongeBob in its prime was a very stupid show made by very smart people and has become a shared language for my generation. If I meet someone between the ages of 20 and 29, even in their early 30s, there's a 90% chance I'll be able to have an in-depth, opinionated discussion with them about the first three seasons of SpongeBob SquarePants. Black, white, rich, poor, gay, straight, we all know who lives in a pineapple under the sea. And and it was more than just some dumb, dumb, commonly shared experience. It was an incredibly dumb show that was incredibly smart about the human spirit. That's what the show was about. It was about innocence and anger and hope and and pessimism and and it just it, all of its notes rung true through these idiotic characters. I mean, they were aggressively, obnoxiously idiotic in some ways. But it was it was beautiful in its way. It's hard to explain if you haven't like seen it and and had that. Some people will not get that ever, just because. I mean, Patrick the Starfish is so astoundingly aggressively <laughs> stupid. It's well, it's it's something. Um, but it's it was a beautiful show that clearly loved people. Well, I have a feeling I'm going to be logging a lot of time with it, with these loving loving tributes and the fact that Netflix now has nothing but crap on. So. 
You know, I need something good, and that'd be a perfect thing to introduce to the kids. Yeah, there's that. I just checked my Netflix stock. It's up today. So, uh, so much for you and your high no, people, brow. No, people haven't caught on to yet. People sell, don't sell, know yet. Sell, people don't sell. know yet. That's what I was sell. telling hey, you. Hey, oh, well, wait. This will still be interesting tomorrow. Give me 10 minutes, <laughs> would you? Wait till people figure this out. Yeah. Well, it's it's as if Netflix started collecting aluminum cans and then realized quickly, wait a minute, these are worth $100 each. Then all of the other creators of content that were practically given away their old content to Netflix, said, wait a minute, Netflix made how much with our old aluminum cans? Right, right. And now wants their cans back. That's exactly what has happened. They made a billion-dollar industry out of everybody else's table scraps. When TV networks, well, we aired the the show when it it first premiered. What else are we supposed to do with the content now? exactly. Oh, what, they're going to give us a couple thousand bucks for this? Oh, look at those suckers at Netflix. Yeah, Uh, that's that's interesting. That's what happened. Well, people are figuring out. My kids are figuring it out Mm. because their, their shows have gone away. The good ones, and now they're crap. Uh, how much time have I got, Michael? Because I, I don't have much time for this. Uh, about two minutes. That's plenty of time. So this is what happened over Thanksgiving. And again, this is a fictional story if this turns out to be child abuse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So my kids... You don't get that from a lot of radio shows. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> right. Too much uh, eating not good food last week. I don't know if that happened at anybody else's house. But at some point, my kids mentioned that they could eat nothing but marshmallows. And I said, no, you couldn't. You'd be sick if you ate nothing but marshmallows. My oldest son said, I could eat marshmallows for every meal for the rest of my life. And I said, you couldn't even do it for one day. Uh-oh. And both my six-year-old and eight-year-old said, yes, we could. We could eat nothing but marshmallows for an entire day. I say, okay, we're on. Tomorrow morning when you get up, you're having marshmallows for breakfast. Oh, boy. <laughs> and then at lunch, you're oh. having nothing but marshmallows. I said, I don't think I'm going to have to go any further than that because you won't be able to do it. Don't goad them. <laughs> <laughs> well, the six-year-old didn't make it through breakfast, and okay. he was out. Okay. He was out. He ate a couple of marshmallows, but my eight-year-old was sitting there with a smile on his face saying, I think I'll have another marshmallow <laughs> at eight o'clock at night. And I said, okay, I'm out. You win. You oh, can eat marshmallows wow. for an entire day, apparently. <laughs> wow. He ate marshmallows for three meals and snacked on marshmallows between. He'd walk around. We had the really big ones. The, he'd the walk jumbo? around. Yeah, okay. he'd walk around eating it like an apple in the middle of the day, having another marshmallow. <laughs> oh, man, that's beautiful. Man, I love, I love marshmallows as much as any kid ever has, but man, you hit a wall. Or most people do. Oh, Henry was enthused about marshmallows for breakfast. Yeah. He ate a couple and said, I, I'm done with this. Yeah. I quit. Yeah. They don't make you feel great as nutrition. I wonder how long Sam could have gone. Huh. I wasn't willing to find out. Alexa, play Final Thoughts by Armstrong and Getty. Okay, here's some idiotic musings by a pair of half-wits and their merry band of simpletons. Here's your host, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody. Hey, uh, Positive Sean, what's your final thought? Yeah, as a member of the investment class, I'm uh, the the streaming wars, the content wars are upon us. That is why I, Positive Sean, in the Positive Sean portfolio, own multiple, multiple two shares of Disney, multiple (laughs) shares in the PSP. Beautiful. Marsha Phillips, final thought. Well, now that I have revived my winning streak, I'm suddenly realized it's time for a year-end dump run and casino adventure. <laughs> Sean, would you care to invest? Back Here. off the wagon. Want me to bankroll you now? Yes. Michelangelo, final thought. Uh, Dominic used to fill his refrigerator full of Diet Coke and Hershey Kisses. Here's hoping to get lots of chocolate and soda now, Dominic. 
Dominic Brush, our former yeah. producer, has passed away. We uh, had a loving tribute earlier. Jack, your final thought? The most interesting person I've ever personally known in my life, our old producer Dominic, who died this week. Also, I think fair to say, I, he may have admitted to himself the craziest person I've ever met. And, uh, and, and, and seeing what a bad childhood, crazy childhood can do to someone, it was... Well, it, it changed me. Yeah, on a similar note, uh, I'm very grateful for the good stuff and the interaction. It's uh, it's too bad, the bad stuff um, in the relationship we had with him. Uh, it had to end because it was just dangerous. Um, but I'm glad I knew the guy. I'm glad I knew the guy, and he was a hell of a talented man. And you know, he'll be missed by a lot of people. By the way, the Armstrong and Getty store is still open. Armstrong and Getty... Dot com And uh, I was uh, modeling a bunch of Armstrong and Getty stuff yesterday. I kind of felt a little weird later in the day, the fact that I had an Armstrong. I have my name on my T-shirt and my jacket. And, uh, I don't think that's weird at all. Yeah, but uh, might look better on you than me. Yeah. Armstrongandgetty.com. we got to get shoehorns. Oh, yes. And fly swatters and oven mitts. Come on, Hanson, get on this. And get a good beefy T-shirt for us fellows who don't like clingies. I don't like clingy. I like thick. I actually really it's made of beef. I really like that T-shirt. I'm going to order a bunch of them. Uh, I might wear nothing but shirts with my own name on them from here on out. Is that weird? Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. Not only to order swag for Christmas, you might want to go with the expedited, the expedited shipping. It's getting a little late, but... Um, also, all the clicks we talked about, and email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. If there's something we ought to be talking about or you have a thought, send it along. See you tomorrow. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over. The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity, and we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Bye-bye. Was it worth it? Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.